Please turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Uh, my title today is The Bible. Some of you saw on Facebook, uh, Tom found a, a funny thing where a guy was talking about the title of his message is The Bible. Uh, and because that's what we're talking about, right? The Bible. And there's a reason we're talking about the Bible. Do you know why? Uh, because aren't you tired of hearing from other people? Aren't you tired of it? Aren't you sick of it? Aren't you, uh, you, you know, you think, you think about um, if you just want to hear what man has to say, just turn on the TV, read, read a blog, uh, you know, ask your friends, go on Facebook. You know, there's plenty of opinions, plenty of thoughts about how to do life. Uh, but when you want to hear from God, we'll go to the Bible. Uh, and frankly, uh, some of you are going to leave this church someday. Doggone you anyways. Uh, don't ever do it. But if you do, if you do, uh, you should go to another church wherever you go. Uh, and what you should look for is the Word of God to be spoken there uh, from top to bottom. And when I say from top to bottom, at the earliest ages uh, to the latest ages, uh, that we are talking, that the church should be talking about what God has to say. Um, there's plenty, you know, there's Barnes & Noble if you want a man's opinion. Uh, and it's, there's plenty of books there. In fact, there's another bookstore, Amazon. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, they, they sell everything, everything, literally everything. They sell everything. Uh, but I want to tell you, when you want to hear from God, you need to go to the Bible. You need to hear from Him. Um, and so I was encouraged by that, Tom. I was reminded. I'll just save me a lot of work, too. You know, just we're just going to talk about the Bible. We're in the book of Ecclesiastes, and uh, taking a break for a couple weeks. But uh, I wanted to uh, just remind you that the the theme or the reoccurring thought in the book of Ecclesiastes is meaningless, meaningless, or vanity of vanities. That that all of life, both good and bad has this idea of being fleeting and temporary. And what that causes people to do when they feel that sense of meaninglessness of life, uh, it causes all of us to say, well, who cares what decisions I make? What does it matter if I do this or I do that? Um, And especially it's difficult for those who are young. Uh, because they think that whatever happens doesn't really matter. And today, uh, we're actually getting into a section of foolishness and wisdom, very much like the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is uh, very hard to preach through because uh, a lot, big portions of it are just uh, verses, one line, two line, three lines, of a particular piece of wisdom, and then it goes to another. And this morning, we're kind of in that phase or that section of the book of Ecclesiastes of foolishness and wisdom. And I want to tell you, it matters. It matters. Um, And you say, well, who, who does it matter for? It matters for you and your life right now, whatever's going on. Uh, It matters whether you're following after foolishness and wisdom. It's interesting um, that much of the time uh, we make decisions, both big and small. 
And we, we make them in ways that we think is best for us, you know, whether we consult God or not. We, we make decisions, and those decisions have implications. Um, and at times, our life blows up, or we find ourselves in a place where we could never imagine that we would be. And, and we go, oh, no, why is this happening to me? Why, you know, most of the time we say, uh, it's not fair. It's not fair. Why is this happening to me? Why have I gotten to this place? Why didn't God do something different? Uh, and really the question could be, why didn't we do something different? Why didn't we make a different choice? Why did we reject wisdom uh, for foolishness? You know, uh, kids will go back to school uh, and all don't get the same grade, right? Now, there's grades that come out and they're, they're different. Why are they different? Because uh, they're different kids and there's different interactions and uh, there's different grades on homework and all those things make a different outcome, right? And that's the reality of our lives is it's based upon... Uh, these steps of foolishness or steps of wisdom. And uh, I want to bring to you a theme that we're going to be working out the next three, four weeks. And really, we're going to end the book of Ecclesiastes with decisions to today matter of wisdom and foolishness because of the end. Because of the end. Because of the end. Because... Uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, speaking of the end of being the end of our lives, because at the end of our lives, there's this uh, reckoning with God. There's this idea that he granted us life and now we go to him uh, to he, he's the one who decides whether this is life is all that he wanted it to be. You see, that's why decisions matter today. Um, if you tell a young person, you know, it, uh, you shouldn't be foolish, you shouldn't be reckless, they say, why? Why? And they, they, they point you to other people that have gotten away with it, that it, it's been okay for them, that somehow they've never been found out, or they skated by, and you, they say, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, foolishness or wisdom doesn't matter. It may not matter today. You, you may be able to choose a foolish decision and it somehow work out. You land on your feet somehow, like that cat, you know, right? Sails off the roof and makes a few, and then he lands on his feet. And you're like, yeah, no big deal. Um, the picture here is this. The, the end matters. The end matters. So the steps matter to the end. And the end matters because the Lord matters. And he matters supremely, supremely. We're going to be pushing to that the next few weeks uh, as we get there. But today is a day of foolishness and wisdom. Uh, I want to give you, uh, first of all, the foolish identity. And uh, I want to read to you this section. If, you would, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you the first 15 verses in the, uh, chapter 10, okay? God's word says this. Actually, I want to do the last verse of uh, chapter 9, too, because I think it sets up our passage this morning. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. And then for today, dead flies 
uh, make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. Uh, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, uh, but a fool's heart to the left. Even when a fool walks on the road, he lacks sense, and he says to everyone that he is a fool. Uh, if the anger, if the anger of a ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offense to rest. There, uh, there is an evil that I have seen under the sun, as it were an error proceeding from a ruler. Folly is set in many high places, and the rich is rich sit in a low place. I have seen slaves on horses and princes walking on the ground like slaves. He who digs a pit uh, will fall in it, uh, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one to succeed. If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. The words of the wise uh, man's mouth wins him favor, but the lips of a, a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. A fool multiplies words, though no man knows what he, he is to be, and who can tell him what will be after him? The toil of the fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that you would cause us to be a people, both collectively and individually, that love, 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 to walk with you in wisdom. God, do your work in us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Wisdom. So, uh, for the most part, uh, when, you, when you see wisdom passages in the Scripture, a lot of times there's wisdom and foolishness side by side. This is what foolishness looks like. This is what wisdom looks like. Uh, this morning, I want to lean toward the foolish side because I believe the passage does. Uh, and we'll just start out with the foolish identity. Uh, verse 10, he says, or chapter 10, verse 1, Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. Uh, I, I picture going into Macy's uh, and being in the, uh, you know, the, the section, the, the beauty section. Spent a lot of time there, as you can tell. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they always have samples and you can spray it and this and that. And I just picture a bottle of, of fine perfume with with a see-through glass and a very expensive bottle and his picture dead flies being in it. Not a good seller, not a good seller. He's not even talking so much about the flies, but he's saying how nasty that is, but just the, the picture that, that those dead flies would ruin the perfume, ruin the perfume. And, and this idea of ruining... Uh, destroying, he says, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Just a little, just a little. I think about this, and I think about how in our homes, in our homes, 
we just have a little bit of foolishness. A little bit of foolish talk. We just tolerate a little bit of this. And why, as parents, you have to be on guard for that. You have to uh, be imparting that and, and guarding your own mouth as well. And this idea that says foolishness has no place in our home, has no place in our church. That, why? Because of what it does. It ruins, it ruins, uh, as it says in here, wisdom and honor. Uh, so a little foolishness ruins wisdom. Uh, I think sometimes we do the complete opposite. We think that uh, one wise act or one wise saying uh, every once in a while will be enough for us, but quite the opposite. It's a, it's a life of wisdom that pushes away uh, foolishness from our family and from our own personal lives as well. Uh, he says that, he goes on in verse 2, he says, A wise man's heart inclines, this isn't political by the way, I don't know if some of you caught that. Uh, Some of you are wanting to say, A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. The picture here is this. Um, There is a sense of the righteous right hand it speaks of in Isaiah uh, to the king, the special spot. But the picture here to the right or to the left, it's the idea that they're going in the complete opposite directions. That wisdom and foolishness are not close to one another. They're going the complete opposite direction. I want to tell you that it's important for us to remember it it matters which way you go. It matters. And so for you, as you come across and you take steps in your life and in your family, you want to stop before you take it and say, am I walking in wisdom? Am I walking in wisdom? You want to slow down your kids and say, is this the wise thing to do? Is this the thing that God wants for you? Is this the, the thing, the step that's good for you? By the way, uh, sometimes uh, we can even have spiritual sounding foolishness, if I can say it that way. Uh, we can reject counsel of everyone around us and say, everyone warns you and says, yeah, I don't think this is a good idea. And you say, I just think the Lord wants me to do it. And sometimes we'll even go so far as to say, well, why do, you, why do you think that? And you'll say, because everyone doesn't think that I should do it, so it must be of God. What? That's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. If other godly people around you can't see what you're doing as being of God, it's probably not from God. It's probably your own selfish desires or delusion or the enemy's plot in your life. We want to remember that there are different directions going on in verse three. And this is identity of foolishness. It's the the way we spot it in our lives. Uh, we, we see this in verse three. It says, um, even when a fool walks on the road, he lacks sense. And he says to everyone that he is a fool. By the way, I, I don't think he actually says to everyone that he's a fool. But by his decisions, by his life, by the things, the steps that he takes, he describes himself and his his life is shouting, I am a fool. Hopefully you're not thinking of someone right now, but you probably are, right? 
uh, our actions, the things that we do, shout whether we are wise or whether we are a fool. These steps that the fool makes on the road, uh, he shares with everyone that he is a fool. And uh, by the way, when you identify yourself as a fool, people back away from you. They back away from you. Why? It's like the reckless drunk on the road, right? Give him some room. We, we realize he's about ready to have an accident, and I don't want to participate. Uh, that's what foolishness does. It, uh, it heralds out that you better steer clear of me. Verse 4. Uh, the difference between foolish running and calm confidence it says this, if the anger of a, a ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for, for calmness will lay uh, great offenses to rest. What an interesting uh, verse, but this idea of coming before a ruler, someone who has power over you, and you realize they uh, are mad at you, or they have an offense against you, they're, they're bringing something. Our natural inclina- inclination is to what? To run, to take off, to hide, if you will. And yet wisdom says this, stay in their presence, be calm, be calm. That confidence of owning up, uh, even before an authority, will lay to rest an offense. Foolish running or calm confidence. Calm confidence is the the wisdom. And then in verse 5, the foolish are magnified in powerful positions. Uh, This is not, this was not written for our day either. Uh, But it sure seems like it is, right? Verse 5 says this, There is an evil that I have seen under the sun as uh, an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in many high places and the rich sit in a low place. In our minds, it seems uh, obvious that the one who is wealthy should sit up high and those who are foolish should sit down low, right? That they shouldn't have a position of power. But I think that in every culture and every time you can look to high places places of authority and see people who are foolish and and what is the problem with having a foolish ruler what is the problem with that it's magnified because the dominoes fall right uh when you know we might have a foolish just one maybe a foolish three-year-old here at the church just one uh and they might have some crazy idea. Um, some of you are taking offense because you have a three-year-old and you think I'm talking about your child. I'm not. Okay, it could be a four-year-old, but if maybe you should work. Uh, maybe you should work if you. Anyways, um, but uh, th- this picture that a three-year-old—they uh, don't have much impact on the world. They—they're they, very. You know, they're not making grand financial decisions. You know, they're not leading nations. Right. The problem with foolishness uh, is it's magnified the higher you get. And I want to tell you, um, for you moms and dads here today, that's why it's super important you walk in wisdom. Super important. And you say, well, my life doesn't matter much. I live in Tehachapi. Matters to your kids. Matters to your kids. And the, if you walk in foolishness and not in wisdom, it will be magnified in your kids. It will be magnified in them. And then lastly, uh, life isn't always right in the moment. Verse 7, 
uh, says, I have seen slaves on horses and princes walking around on the ground like slaves. Uh, there are times where we look out and we say, well, wait a minute, isn't that person supposed to be doing that? And, this? and like there's not what we uh, appear. And I just want to tell you that life plays out in time. Life plays out in time. It's not that we will always see things the way we expect them to. Uh, foolishness uh, is, is found everywhere, and things don't always make sense in this life. He moves on in verse 8 uh, to foolish work, foolish work. And it's not that work itself is foolish. Uh, it's that it doesn't um, always turn out good. Uh, we look at this and we see a, a section of dangerous work. Uh, he speaks of the one who digs a pit. and fall. By the way, how many of you have ever been hurt working? Hurt working. Workman's comp claims, right? Uh, things like that. Why is it? Uh, that you sometimes, you, you know, rarely do you get hurt while laying on the couch. Rarely. Uh, but, but it's interesting. Most, most of us can look around our body and we can say, well, this was, you know, I remember when this happened. We have fingers that don't work right or something like that. And we, we can remember when that happened. And if you're older, sometimes it looks like that anyways and you can't remember how that happened. But you know, and, and, and there's this idea of someone working and scrapes and bruises and stuff. Uh, one of the little guys here in the front, uh, midst of the service, he pointed to his shin and it had this huge bruise on it. And he says he was playing on the log splitter and then he fell off and everything like that. And I'm thinking, that's what happens. You know, he was out working at play, right? Uh, things are happening. This is a section that describes that. And it's not that... Work itself is bad. Sometimes we look at that and we go, I don't want to get hurt. You know, I would work, but I don't want to hurt myself. Uh, I want to tell you in the midst of doing that, sometimes uh, dangerous work happens. So here we go. He he who digs a pit uh, will fall into it. You get this picture of of digging a hole and uh, for the hole being a purpose and then falling into it and going, now what am I going to do? A serpent will bite him who who breaks through the wall. The picture here is this, uh, most likely the idea of a, a stone wall being removed or in a house, uh, they're doing some demo work for construction or whatever, and they get to the other side and they're getting through and they finally get through and he sticks his hand through and there's the snake, the serpent to bite them and go, well, maybe I shouldn't have done this project. Maybe I shouldn't have dug, dug this hole. Um, he, he also says, gives another couple of things. He says, he who queries stones is hurt by them. You picture these boulders that they're making into smaller boulders and the idea of they're, they're fitting it to be something else and it falling upon them. And then probably the most common one uh, for us in Tehachapi here, uh, he says this, he who splits logs is endangered by them. And I've heard over the, my years here and uh, uh, people getting hurt uh, by getting firewood, right? Uh, rolling a log on them, thinking that they were going to cut it. and uh, The log was heavier than uh, their hands or their uh, legs could handle. Endangered by them. He then describes uh, foolish working or, or foolish methods while working. He says this is, if the iron is blunt and the one and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. Uh, very, very common thing that we do. We say, oh, 
I don't need to take care of my tools. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll just hit it harder, you know. I'll just continue on. And I'll, you know, through, I just, you know, I don't need to take care of these things. And he points out that's a foolish way of working, uh, is not to, uh, to work with blunt tools that were made to cut. But it says this, but wisdom helps one to succeed. I want to encourage you, um, if your life is not working right now, if your life is not working right now, if things are going wrong in your life, and you, you feel the weight of every day, you, it's, just, it's just pounding on you, and you, you feel like uh, stuff's going wrong, and it keeps going wrong, I want to encourage you to take a time out and to go before the Lord and say, Lord, are there things you want me to change? Have I based some of my steps upon foolishness and wisdom? Is there something I'm missing here? It may not be. It may not be. I want to encourage you. Uh, Just because you're walking with the Lord does not mean that everything rolls your way. But I want to encourage you that wisdom is made for us, that we would continually ask, is this the best step that the Lord wants for me? Am I walking in His wisdom? Verse 11, it says this, and it speaks of worthless work. Um, very, very odd. We, we don't think about this idea of snakes and serpents and the, the idea of a charmer, but um, it says if the, the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. Uh, the picture here, and some of you are snake people, and that's just crazy. That's just crazy. It's ridiculous. It might be, in and of itself, the identification of foolishness. Uh, but uh, we have snakes around here, and some of you, some some snakes have been to church here before. Uh, but anyways, uh, you, you get this picture, and I, I hate to say it this way, but um, uh, you, you picture a, a snake being there, and and one desiring to show his ability with snakes and the charmer being able to even do tricks with snakes, if you will. Um, Some of you are getting the willies just for me talking about it. I'm kind of with you there. But you you get this picture where a a man says, oh, a snake, and this is my snake, and here, hold my drink. Here, hold my drink. I'm going to show you something amazing that I can do with this snake. And as he reaches down and he gets bit, and you go, that was dumb. <laughs> no, really, I had this great thing that I was going to be able to do. I was going to show you how I could control the snake. And uh, before that happens, he gets bit. And it doesn't seem so great after, you know, that was a good trick. Do it again. <laughs> do it again. Um, we look at this and we see worthless work. We need th- things that shouldn't even be done. And the idea that it not working out in the end. I was I was just joking about the snake stuff. Somebody, somebody's got to touch those things. Um, anyways, come to our last section. Uh, third point this morning, starting in verse 12, foolish living. Um, and, and I want to just connect this. I, foolish living is, is almost always connected with foolish words, things that we say. Uh, foolishness in our heart it's only a matter of time before it comes out of our mouth. Or I'd even say this, or it comes out on our keyboard, right? And uh, by the way, if you, if you have foolish things that come out of you, don't post them online. 
okay? Don't send them in a text. Don't put them in an email. They could take you to court and say how dumb you are in email, right? You sent this. This came from your computer, okay? Your email address. I want to tell you that uh, if foolishness is in our heart, it most almost always comes out in our words, Verse 12, uh, words get uh, the one who speak them into trouble or foolishness or out of it. Uh, Verse 12 says this, The words of the wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. Once again, that's the left and the right thing, right? There's not a middle ground there. Uh, The one uh, is consumed by his words, but the other one has been won favor with others through their words. I want to tell you that um, there's a danger for some of us. We, we pride ourselves in say, being one who has strong opinions. I tell it like it is. I tell it like it is. By the way, uh, if you tell it like it is, most of the time you don't like it when other people do the same. <laughs> You prefer being the one to deliver uh, the message than to receive it. But I want to tell you that our words are meant to win favor, not in a flattery sort of way, but the idea that we have grace that comes from our lips. But the lips of the fool will get him into trouble. Verse 13, uh, from, from the mouth foolishness comes, uh, the beginning of The words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. Um, I want to tell you, that's the identity. That that shows where we are. Listen to the words that come out of your mouth. When people are shocked because of the foolishness, that that should be a tip-off to you. That should be a tip-off. That's God being kind to you. And, And this idea that you say, I need to learn what it is to hold my tongue. I need to learn, you, you know, I had this friend one time, he would say, say things uh, uh, inappropriate and foolish or something, and he'd say them real forcefully, and then he'd act like a different personality, and he, he'd say, who said that? Uh, uh, thinking that somehow, where did that come from? Well, I want to tell you where it came from. It came from your heart. It came from my heart. And so for us to remember uh, that, you know, when we find foolishness on our, our tongue, the idea that foolishness comes out of our mouth, we need to connect the dots, right? Where does that come from? It comes from us. Well, God needs to do a work in my heart because uh, apart from that, more foolishness will come uh, as it sprays from my mouth. Verse 14, I just want to say, you know, it says, uh, from the mouth foolishness comes and lots of foolishness, lots of it. Uh, a fool multiplies his words, though no man knows what he is to be. And who can tell him what will be after him? Uh, speaks of this idea that, that words just continue to flow. There's a, uh, if you talk a lot, chances are we're foolish. Chances are uh, that's a connection. There's multiplying of words. And many foolish words are connected with what will come to pass in the future. When someone says, I'll tell you where this is going. I know what's going to happen tomorrow. Let let me, you know, I want to tell you that that's a sign. That's a sign of foolishness. And then lastly, verse 15. 
Uh, it says, the, the toil of a fool wearies him, but he does not know the way to the city. The end result of foolish living is weariness and lostness. Weariness. Um, there's a, a, a beauty, a beauty of, of walking in wisdom. There's a benefit to one's life today of walking in wisdom. There, there's a sense of, uh, of stable uh, joy that you can find in walking in wisdom. Being confident of what the Lord has done and that you're, you're walking with Him. And so He's going to take care of the end result. But I want to tell you, in foolishness, there's this exhausting chasing your tail. It's this exhausting weariness to your soul. And this picture here, as it describes it, what a, what a picture he does not know the way to the city. We, we don't really know all that, that is described there, but he loses his way. He loses his way. And I want to tell you this idea. Um, this passage doesn't talk a whole lot about pride, but I want to tell you behind foolishness is pride that says, I have a better way. I have a better way. Uh, it's interesting. Most of us have uh, some type of maps thing on our phone where it's going to tell us where to go. And, uh, you know, what do you do with that? What, what do you do with that? Some of you uh, are confident in your phone. And you type in, the, you know, I want to go from here to here, from home. This is the way I'm going to go. But others of us, we look at it and we go, well, that's a dumb way. <laughs> I know better. I got a better way. I got a better way. And I want to tell you, there's nothing wrong about doing that with your phone. Sometimes you will have a better way. But what I fear is this, that when we look at the wisdom that God shares with us in His eternal Word and the foolishness that comes up in our own hearts, we see what God has said and we, we hear what He has said and we go, I'm not doing that. I've got a better way. You know, uh, God must not know this, but I, I've lived in Tehachapi for a very long time. I've been married for a very long time. I know about kids. You know, I came from a big family, and like we know about this. And we, I, I talked to my friends about uh, raising children, and you know, I read some studies. Psychologists have said, you know, but I have a better idea. I want to tell you, the pride results in foolishness and brings harm your days today. I want to give you three things in closing this morning that I hope will be helpful for you. Um, in, in light of the book of Ecclesiastes, <clears throat> meaningless, meaningless, uh, fleeting life, things don't matter. You could quickly say, if life is fleeting, who cares if I live a life of foolishness? That could be your conclusion. We just had half a chapter, and there's going to be about a chapter and a half more of uh, this idea of wisdom, things like this that remind us that wisdom is better than foolishness. I just want to tell you this. Foolishness brings more emptiness to an already empty life. Foolishness brings more emptiness to an already empty life. I think that often we think, well, my life is empty. It doesn't matter what I do. I want to tell you, you will continue to slip deeper into that pit uh, in this empty life. Second, second point. 
Wisdom is seeking to follow the Lord's way in all things. That's all it is. Wisdom is seeking. If there's wisdom in this life, it's because God set it up that way for us, for our benefit. And so for us, if you're wondering what wisdom is, it's just seeking, what does God want me to do in this situation? What's his method? What's his way? How did he set up life? And I want to follow after that. So wisdom is seeking to follow the Lord's ways in all things. In all things. It's not just in spiritual things. It's the way you raise your kids. Well, you know, I'm wondering what isn't a spiritual thing, right? Raising your kids is a spiritual thing. Work is a spiritual thing. The way we sleep, the way we eat, the way it's all his. Wisdom is seeking to follow the Lord, Lord's ways in all things. Lastly, wisdom matters because there is an end. There's an end. Wisdom matters because there's an end. And the end is God, is to be with Him. And some people say, well, it doesn't matter. We just kind of flail through life, you know, happenstance, luck, all these other things. Nothing really matters. If that's all that life is, then what does it matter if I'm foolish or wise? It matters because there's an end. There's a reckoning. And this is why we have trusted in Jesus here. Uh, cover us in our sins today and secure forever eternity. I want to tell you, uh, this is what we're about here at this church, is that we would live differently because we know the plan of God, that there is an end. There's an end of this life. There's an end of uh, time even uh, that will come according to God's plan. And we want to be prepared. Uh, we want to be walking in wisdom today. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for our time. And I do ask that you would challenge us, uh, even as we've looked at your word God, I do uh, ask that you would mark our lives uh, individually as well as our homes in this church as we walk in wisdom. God, do your work in us now. Thank you for your spirit that changes us and transforms a heart that can't be changed. Uh, Not be changed by man, but you are the one who can change us. God, we're thankful for the grace that you displayed in us, in your son Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Have a great week, and I hope that you walk in wisdom.